is the Taser Update for March 29th, 2020. I'm Felipe I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Victoria. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of a crazy week. Uh, as far as uh, gaming news goes, there hasn't really been all that much, to be brutally honest. Uh, yeah, most people are Nintendo kind of hungry the new cycle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then Nintendo just, you know, did something random. Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, we'll talk about it later, but it's kind of uh, a little bit surprising to me because they uh, they did a Nintendo Direct Mini, but there was very little Nintendo content actually in it. Uh, it seemed to be more... And I also, yeah. I also am starting to think that Nintendo doesn't quite grasp the concept of the word Mini because this was not small. Yeah, it was uh. half an hour. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to the details of that in a, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, uh, we're all still in self-isolation or, or forced isolation, depending where you are, working from home, doing all the stuff to uh, not get sick. Um, yeah, it's an interesting time to be alive, I suppose, because uh, it's a... Uh, I mean, it's not apocalyptic, but it's a little on the strange side to seeing just how some people react to it and how others are like a lot more uh, laissez-faire and blasé about it. But yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, we'll get through it, but which means we have to get through a show. So mm-hmm. let's uh, get right to that. And uh, so what we've been playing this week. And uh, yes, for me, well, PC Building Simulator, they released the 1.7 update this week, and then they released the 1.71 update to fix the bugs that the 1.7 update brought in. So that, that seems to be a regular More trend with this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, at least the, the like major uh, bug that was introduced with 1.7 wasn't particularly onerous. It was just that when you ran a 3D mark benchmark, it wouldn't go through the benchmark. It would just skip right to the score. So... <laughs> It was like Insta Benchmark, which was, I guess, kind of cool, but it kind of defeats the whole purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was that. They added a bunch of new, bunch of new stuff, uh, like Corsair water cooling stuff. They added some new graphics cards, new motherboards, uh, new case manufacturer in Colink, and one of their cases is uh, quite simply one of the most interesting cases I have ever seen, and it has the best name ever. It's the Colink Big Chungus. Nice. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, looking at it, I was like, actually, I kind of want that. <laughs> uh, it's a kind of a, it's, it's a full tower case, but it's got this weird angular thing going where it's kind of sitting on a, a foot and the case looks like it's leaning backwards. It's, it's got an inter, very, very interesting look. So, yeah, if I can never find one, that might be my next PC case because, uh, looks pretty cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, a little bit of uh, retro gaming here and there. I mean, I still have my Genesis Mini hooked up, and uh, when I'm not playing PC Building Simulator or watching TV or listening to The Wheel of Time, yeah, I'm playing a random Genesis. That's kind of been nice. it for me. How about you, Pat? I'm still on my usual NHL 20, but um, I mentioned on Let's Weekend that I was taking up some self-improvement projects to uh, try and make the most of the time away from society. And part of that is uh, picking up driving essentials on the Xbox one. Mm. 
And that's not a racing simulator. It is a driving simulator that applies all the rules of the road and um, works to get you prepared to take a driving test. And in the hopes that I might eventually get my medication doses down to the point that I can be medically cleared to drive, um, I'm taking the steps to to be ready should I once again um, have that option available to me. Hmm. So um, I've been doing a little bit of that. I, Panzer Dragoon remake was, you know, we'll be talking about that later in the show, but, you know, that was kind of a, a stealth launch that just happened. Yeah. So that was a must get. And then uh, soon enough. What? How does it feel on Switch? I like it. I mean, it, it feels like Panzer Dragoon. Hmm. Okay. No, like one, one of the main reasons why I didn't get it yet was I was hoping uh, it would play well on Switch, and it sounds like it does. So Yeah. Um, and then soon I'll be getting Rocksmith as soon as my bass guitar gets here. It should be tomorrow. Hmm. You and then on top of that. Have you noticed of like postal delays for you, or has it been pretty stable? It's been pretty standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, stuff's mostly been coming through like UPS and FedEx anyway. So, um, I've been able to sidestep the U S postal service for the most part. Um, and I also have finally upgraded my phone. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what was, uh, the one you previously had? That was the Samsung galaxy note three that I purchased around the time we started podcasting so that I could better organize things on the go. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. has been my phone up until uh, yesterday when my LG V35 Think arrived. Mm-hmm. And I had both a self-isolation fail and a logistical fail in the process of getting it up and running. Oh. Because... Um, I. It wants a smaller SIM card than the one that I had in my note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and T-Mobile was working reduced hours. Uh-oh. Um, because, of the, because of the pandemic. Right. Um, also, the T-Mobile nearest my apartment has shut down completely, so I had to go to the one across town. And this was all going on around, um, I would say, 5.15 p.m. Oh. They close oh. at 6.00. And they are not open on Sunday. So I knew if I didn't get it done last night, it wasn't going to happen until Monday night because um, I've got to work tomorrow. Hmm. So I I get a lift, head over to T-Mobile. They get me set up with um, a SIM card. And it was was pretty cool because uh, because my Note 3 was so old, they just – wrote the SIM card off as totaled and gave me the replacement for free. Yeah. There was one problem with what I did. Hmm. So I took a lift to get out to T-Mobile on time. Yeah. And that's out in my old neighborhood where I moved from a couple years ago. Um, just completely across town. I took lift to get there. Hmm. I am now, I, I am at T-Mobile at this point. And I'm in possession of two phones, one that has Lyft installed on it, and one that actually connects to the internet. 
Whoops. <laughs> and that, and the phone that is act that is falling all over itself trying to um, upgrade its base software to the point where uh, Lyft can't even find a place in line to get um, to get installed. Hmm. So after about a an hour layover at Walgreens across the street, um, one of my friends man um, one of my friends was able to pick me up and. Um, yeah, I had a nice story for, for that, but for that ride, but (laughs) yeah, I am now, um, I am now upgraded and almost completely, uh, migrated in terms of content over to, um, over to the new phone. So I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. If you haven't used the, uh, there's an LG migration app. Um, can't remember what it's called, but it uh, it usually does a pretty good job of getting everything, like including your your text message history and contacts and everything. Oh like shit! That. Really? Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, can't remember what it's called. I'll look it up for you offline because uh, you need to install it on both phones. And uh, oh, okay, then it just wirelessly transmits it from one phone to the other, and you know, it takes you know, about ten minutes, and everything cool. migrates over. Like photos and everything. Yep. Hell yeah. I was wondering how I was going to make that work. I've I've just got my Note three sitting here next to the computer, mm. um, while I'm working out a way to get stuff over. But if there's an app, then hell yeah, mm. I'll probably wait until I get my um, my two fifty six SD card, um, to actually install it. But yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you the the name of the app uh, you know, during the show or whatever, uh, or on Facebook, but. Yeah, I, I had to do it with my mom's phone, so I'm pretty All familiar right. with it. Yeah, that's been my week. All right, Brandon? Uh, as for me, uh, Doom Eternal. In fact, I uh, finished the campaign last night. Hmm. Um, and, le- yeah, the uh, final boss is, in fact, the Icon of Sin. Yeah. Uh, anybody who played Doom 2 probably remember yep. the icon of sin mm-hmm. they it's... spice up the battle at all from doom 2 <laughs> <laughs> well if you remember in doom 2 the icon of sin was basically just a texture on a wall yeah yeah that would like spit out mm-hmm. like like various enemies and and you had to like shoot rockets into a hole in it. yeah and, and uh, behind that you had the severed head of john romero yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, so the, the Icon of Sin actually does make, like, a small cameo appearance in, Do- in Doom 2016, uh, and he is very much alive, hmm. but he can't move because he's, like, all chained up and shit. Yeah. However, if you were to actually, like, get the rocket launcher out and shoot him in that one spot where he did in Doom 2, uh, not only would you get, like, a one of the secret collectibles, but you'll also get that sample of John Romero talking in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Doom Eternal, basically, he... Uh, the villain in the game uh, has sort of been using him to sort of augment him with uh, what they call mocker technology. And essentially trying to use him to create Arjun energy and then they accident and then 
uh, as you're fighting them, you end up breaking the chains that are keeping him down. And so he makes his way to Earth. Mm. Oof. And so basically you're fighting him in the shattered ruins of Earth, which, for the record, by the time Doom Eternal starts, Earth ain't doing too well already. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but basically in order to fight to fight him, what happens is... Um, he is basically covered in armor, and there's basically like eight pieces of armor that he's wearing, and you have to destroy all eight of them. Hmm. And then once that's done, you then have to actually shoot at the various pieces of his body that those armor pieces were covering until you end up wrecking them. Hmm. And then after that's open, he'll fall down, and then you can stab him with the crucible hmm. in the brain. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, because yeah. modern doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and for anybody who is curious, uh, the game makes clear, uh, yeah, this is in fact the original Doom guy that mm. you're playing. Um, same dude. Mm. In fact, uh, I'm guessing the thing about him, you know, fighting because they killed his pet rabbit Daisy is canon now because... Uh, if you go to his, like, man cave and the Fortress of Doom, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, that's another fun thing about this game. Um, you know how people were making jokes about, you know, and it's a long-running joke, you no, know, it's like, can it play Doom? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can you yeah. make a printer play Doom? Can you make a scanner play Doom? Can you make that thing at Kinko's play Doom? And the answer and bench- is yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody came up with the idea, like, can you play Doom inside of Doom? And you, yeah, you remember, right. there was actually a mod that people had created that actually could make you, let you play a form of Doom inside of Doom. Yeah. Well, inside Doom Eternal, you can play both Doom and Doom 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, basically, yeah. to play the original Doom, you have to collect all of the Sentinel batteries, which are the things that you use to... Uh, unlock various things inside the uh, Doom Fortress, things like, you know, new skins, uh, you know, runes that you can use, stuff like that. Hmm. Or, uh, and that's Doom, but for Doom 2, there's actually a password you have to enter into into uh, the Doom guy's PC that he's got in his little man cave part of the Doom Fortress, and... It's. I'm gonna go. Just go ahead and tell people what it is. It's Flynn Tagger. Mm. It's. Um, they actually give it away on uh, the Doom Guy's bookcase mm. over there. If you look at all the books there, you'll find they actually have uh, his uh, name there to let you know how to spell it out. And then you do that, and you can play Doom too mm. on his PC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, they also have uh, Markiplier's dad. His name is in the bookcase, too. I found that out just recently. Hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, next to his PC, there's actually a small rabbit cage and rabbit food that's still there. Yeah. That's empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an amazing campaign of death for a rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, and he actually does speak in this game, too. Like, it's very rare... 
And he actually doesn't say anything until like maybe the last third of the game. But literally the first words you hear out of his mouth are, huge guts, they've got huge guts. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that game is absolutely incredible. And I absolutely uh, do recommend playing it. Mm. Just, you know, be prepared for a challenge because it's pretty hard even on the easiest setting. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Uh, I also uh, went and uh, downloaded Vampire, you know, the <laughs> game from Ninja Theory. Yeah. Was it Ninja Theory? No, it was Don't Nod, wasn't it? Yeah, Don't Yeah, it was Don't Nod. Um, and I'm going to be playing that, probably start playing that tonight. Mm. But uh, that's what I've been doing. Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, my week has been filled with Animal Crossing when I'm not working. And then like, mm-hmm. when I play something else... Like the uh, Bravely Default 2 demo, I was like, you know, this is nice, but I can totally be making some bells in Animal Crossing. <laughs> so that's basically what I've been doing there. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about this week in Animal Crossing. Uh, I'm at the point right now where I'm paying more than one bill to Tom Nook. So my housing costs are over 700,000 bells, and the last one I paid was over 400,000. So it seems like it keeps like. Uh, raising by 75%. I already have three rooms, and I don't know what else he can possibly do next, so I don't know if he's going to make rooms bigger or give me a basement. I don't know, but it's a one-story home with three rooms. And um, I haven't done any designing there, but I've been working on some exterior designing. Um, I got into the whole flower thing. Uh, One of our friends, Lucas Stevens, was talking about, you know, catching a lot of bugs because he has all these flowers in his um, island. And then... I went to uh, search some Google. Um, I went to Google it, and uh, apparently they have this thing where you can breed flowers uh, or breed colors of flowers that you wouldn't be able to buy in the store. So I was like, "Huh, this is interesting." And unlike fishing, you could actually see a flower grow like pretty much immediately, whereas with fishing, you know, you're going to get the same fish over and over and over, and it's it's a long game, which kind of makes sense because you know when people go out fishing, they're not going to be gone for an hour; they're going to be gone for like four hours. So, um, yeah, um, I talked about having two bills. So the second bill I have is um, building a staircase. So when you first start the game, um, there are certain areas that you can't even explore yet, which is very Breath of the Wildy. Because if you remember, Breath of the Wild had you start in the Great Plateau, and you couldn't really get off for like, you know, an hour or two of the tutorials. With Animal Crossing, uh, you can't really explore your entire island until day two or day three because you need a ladder in order to get to the cliffs. So, yeah, now I can uh, build these staircases so I wouldn't need the ladder anymore, but I'll probably still use it when I venture out to other people's islands and stuff like that. And uh, the, um, the the clothing store is being built today, so that'll be done tomorrow. And I also moved my house from the southeast beach to the highest mountain in the game so I wouldn't be able to be accessible to people so I'll see how that goes but yeah that's been it oh, cool so yeah we're uh, you know, a lot of people really liking Animal Crossing I don't know uh, yeah. yeah I mean let's be honest considering the crap we're dealing with right now Animal Crossing is a very simple very uh, you know very <clears throat> gentle sort of nostalgic kind of thing that you can deal with right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm terribly, 
And yet it's got all I was of the about why, why people like it. And mm. it was funny because I, as I was talking about while why, why I liked it, um, a lot of it was the stuff I hate. Like, for example, fishing in video games, uh, doing side quests by talking to random people and um, what's it called? Uh, fetch quests. I, I hate all of that. But that's what Animal Crossing is all about. And I was like, why do I like this? It's just chill and easy to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was playing with one of Pat's friends uh, the other day, um, Ryan. And, uh, oh, yeah. He was we telling me about like, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were playing like late at night, and he's part of the Southern Hemisphere. So I don't know if that's something we talked about in the past, but you know, when you live in a different hemisphere, you have like different fish and different bugs to catch and like different seasonal um, activities. Uh, so I went over to his, caught a lot of uh, fish that I don't have. Uh, unfortunately, they don't sell very much, but hey, it was to the museum. And we were at the beach, and then he caught a clownfish. So after he caught the clownfish, I went fishing myself right next to him, and I caught a surgeon fish. And if you're not familiar with those fish, a clownfish is Nemo, and a surgeon fish is Dory from <laughs> Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. And I was like, wow, this happened back to back. So we had to take a selfie. It was too good. Hmm. <laughs> like, hey, we found Nemo. <laughs> and Dory. We're done. Yeah, let's hope they live. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, I find out. Nope, they're going game. into the fryer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, I saw there was actually a seafood place somewhere called Frying Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. So, all right. So let's get on to our uh, well, news stories of the week, I suppose. Yep. Uh, we'll start off with a quick one, I suppose. Limited Run Games has opened up pre-orders on Streets of Rage Four. Uh, unlike uh, the typical stuff that Limited Run Games does where uh, they open it up and it sells out in 10 seconds. Uh, yeah, this time they're doing an open pre-order that's going to go through uh, up until two weeks after the game releases digitally. So, uh, Good. This, yeah, so this physical release is going gonna to be around a while. Um, they're doing two different editions. Uh, they got a $35 standard edition. For the Switch and PS4, if you want uh, that one, uh, they also have a classic edition uh, for sixty bucks, uh, which is probably the one that I would go for because uh, comes in a Genesis style clamshell, uh, for, yeah. and, and a steel book. You get that, uh, yeah, nice art book, nice actually printed instruction manual from you know the time when games had instruction manuals. Remember that? Yep. Uh, Hold on, is, is there a steel book in the clamshell? Yes. What the fuck. Yeah, I think I want this. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like both. It's like two two great tastes. It tastes great together. Steel books and clam shells together at last. Yeah. Oh, and the uh, the uh, insert. The promotional photo. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's inside the cl- holy holy shit. This is crazy. Yeah. It's <laughs> five seconds, but damn. <laughs> and the uh, the insert is reversible. So if you want the Streets of Rage four, you can have that. Or if you flip it over, you have Bare Knuckle four. So. Nice. Yeah. So that's uh, cool. I'm probably going to pick that up. Uh, haven't really bought a whole lot from Limited Run. In fact, I haven't actually bought any because uh, whenever I've tried, they've been gone. So. Yeah. With Limited Run, it's always a first day thing. If you're there on day two, you're fucked. Yeah. So uh, maybe. Hopefully, if... this sets a new standard for them. I hope so. Because at least with this, they'd understand how many people you know would actually want it. And, you know, instead of making uh, one run and then they're gone and they become collector's items that nobody can ever have, 
they have a more wide release. Still limited, but, you know, it's limited yeah. to the people that actually wanted to buy them. It's limited in a way that actually makes sense. Yeah. So. I forget if it's them or IM8-bit, but uh, a couple times during the last two G- G- GDCs, one of them were there. I, I forgot which one, but you can basically trade them any game and they give you any game. And I was like, oh, this, this is fucking awesome. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am eight bits pretty cool too. They do some pretty nice. I just, I really like that uh, we're you know getting these nice physical releases uh, sometimes on of old games on old consoles, which is kind of weird, but also pretty great. Like Retrobit is doing some yeah. uh, stuff there. I am eight bit is doing some stuff there with the the Lion King, and I think they're re-releasing Aladdin as well at some point. So. Actually, no, they're not doing Aladdin, but they are doing Lion King. Uh, but yeah, so let's get on to our next story, and it's uh, it's kind of a near block. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's a renewed interest in uh, near lately. Funny how that works. Yeah. Well, it's tenth uh, anniversary yeah. coming around. So tenth anniversary coming around. So uh, we're gonna see uh, a remaster of the original near near replicant. Yeah, and, uh, because it's. Yoko Taro, it's, it's, he's, there has to be some sort of insanity in there. And in this case, it's the title. Yeah, which, which, Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> which means you'll never be able to search for this. <laughs> so uh, um, good luck with that. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So, so th- this uh, version that is here, um, so this is kind of a kind of a weird thing. And of course, it's Yoko Taro, so obviously it's going to be a little off kilter. Um, so there's basically two versions of Nier that were released. There's the one that was released in Japan, known as Nier Gestalt, and then there's That's the one we, we got. No, that's actually the one Japan got. The one we got was just called Nier. Hmm. Well, yeah, and, but, uh, Near Replicant was the Japanese only version. Oh yeah, what we have right. as just Near is Near Gestalt. Okay, yeah, right. Sorry, I got the titles mixed up. Hmm. But basically, the key difference between the two was in the main character. Uh, Near Replicant, uh, the, you were playing a younger guy who was, you know, with his sister, his younger sister. Uh, the one that we got here near Gestalt here in the U.S. is the one with the older gentleman who is a uh, father, father with his daughter. Um, the reason they did that, I've, I've been told there's like a bunch of different reasons why they ended up doing that. Uh, part of it is probably cultural. Um, you know, the, the, like over at Westerners can kind of get with the whole dive of like a father-daughter close relationship like that because – uh, in Japan, especially in the modern era, uh, parents tend to be kind of distant with their kids, usually because they're off – Mostly, usually both – if the – usually these days, both of the parents are usually working. So there's a lot of latchkey kids in Japan, mm. um, but like sibling relationships tend to be a lot closer over there too. Also, you got to remember, kids in Japan spend the majority of their days out of the house anyway. Yeah. You know, they're either at school or they're at their clubs or whatever. Um, 
the reason that's kind of important to bring up is because there's a few moments in near gestalt that if you play it and realize how like weirdly awkward some of it is if you reimagine it remembering that originally it's a younger dude in it it suddenly makes a lot more sense Hmm. um but yeah this is very much if you've played near automata like me uh you kind of know what you're getting into here uh it is a game that is weird as all hell it takes a bunch of odd ass turns um and uh you know there are parts of it that are specifically meant to frustrate you um and as far as the story is concerned well there's a reason people consider this to be the jrpg equivalent of spec ops the line hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it much like with Nier Automata, you have to play this game uh, sev- more than a few, t- you know, a few different times in order to get the whole story. Yeah. So that seems to be a thing with uh, Yoko Taro's games. Uh, it's a thing with all of his games. Yeah. So. Uh, Drake and Guard, Drake and Guard Three, and both of the Nier games are exactly that way. Yeah. All right. So is this one an upgraded version of the one that we got before? Uh, this is near Replicant, which is the one that they got in Japan, so it's the younger dude you're playing, but they are uh, upgrading pretty much everything, the graphics. Okay, new experience for us? Yeah, uh, it's going to be upgrading the graphics. I mean, it's basically the same story. It's okay. just, it's a younger dude instead of the older dude in near Gestalt. Uh, they're also up... That's not PS3, I don't, I don't remember ever finishing, and then my friend, or I lent my friend my copy, and he was like, uh, they deleted my game, and I was like, "What?" And yeah, yeah. that was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that does. Yeah, Yoko Taro. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's literally the same thing happens with Nier Automata. Uh, it, at the very end, when you finish the game, the game actually goes back and deletes all of your saves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've yeah, I've only Automata once. I, I know I was supposed to do it three times, so I did not know that either. But it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, they're going to be, like, re-recording a lot of the music, um, which, for the record, Nier has an amazing soundtrack, so, you know, uh, and they're also, uh, there's talk, they're actually going to be adding a new ending as well. Mm. So, there's going to be extra, new extra content, so. All of the reasons to play. Yeah. Mm. And the, the thing is, much like with Nier Automata, uh, the first Nier... Uh, the way its gameplay goes in wildly different directions. Like, it'll start, you know, like a action RPG, and then it'll turn into a rail shooter. There are parts where it turns into a text adventure. Yeah, it's... It goes all over the place. Alright. Uh, so, other near news, probably to report. Uh, shipments for near Automata were kind of hit 4.5 million units. Uh, this is yeah. between physical and uh, digital downloads. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, Near Automata did pretty well. Uh, maybe yeah. the uh, having 2B appear in uh, Soul Calibur probably didn't hurt either. But, well, there's that, and don't forget they also had the uh, Yorha event that happened in Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. yeah so. Which, by the way, Pat, did you get that? Did you encounter that? Um, I haven't done the raid yet, no. Hmm. Oh, okay. Because okay, yeah. Yogotaro actually worked on the raid, too. So yeah, He's probably batshit. Yeah, I know. He, 
he wrote it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he's um, he's trying to play through all of Final Fantasy fourteen, um, so he has a better understanding of the story from a broader scope. Mm. Yeah, but uh, uh, the last time I heard, he was stuck somewhere around the the middle of the Heaven's Ward cycle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like me, basically. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, but well, we gotta uh, get you back into that. Yeah, if I can get a time and money. To start doing a subscription again, subscription again, yeah, I definitely will. Mm. Um, I absolutely intend to because mm. I still have the game with me. Yeah, and you're going to yeah. love Shadowbringers. Mm. I promise mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, also, part of the reason Near Automata did so well, um, I actually chalk it up to a couple reasons. One of them is the fact that you know, uh, it 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 drummed up a lot of uh, a lot of hype. Uh, leading up to its release, um, because near the first near was a game that was more of a cult hit, basically. Um, but it was one of those cult hits that kind of spread through word of mouth. So when people found out that you know they were going back to this game again, but probably what also helped is the fact that he teamed up with Platinum. Yeah, that was a game re- changer. Yeah, and the reason that's a big deal is because up to that point, the biggest problem with Yoko Taro's games was that he had not been able to effectively combine story and gameplay effectively and to sort of like marshal all of his, all of the elements in the game in such a way that it all flowed through effectively. Near Automata, with the help of the people at Platinum, he absolutely nailed it. I did not have that problem. No, it is an incredibly over-the-top, incredibly entertaining game to play. Um, Beautifully crafted. And it was also like the first time that people, I think most people actually encountered the type of story that Yoko Taro likes to tell. Um, And And it genuinely affected people. Hmm. Yep. Because he gets real deep into that existentialist type shit all the time. Yeah. And he's always been interested in, like, like he himself has said in interviews, one of the things that fascinates him about video games is how in games, everybody is, you're immediately prepared to kill everyone in front of you. It's like it's almost programmed into you. And yeah, like, it's like, it's like the first words you're um, introduced to Polybius with do what comes naturally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, it plays into all that. Also, the fact that, you know, it's just Yoko Taro himself. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's a character. He's built He's built up a reputation and a sort of persona for himself that, you know, and just... He's earned people, it. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the gaming gaming world for a while, so, you know, he's got the... Plus, he, he's the type of dude who's, like doesn't have like a massive ego about himself so yeah. he's very he's got a very good sense of humor yeah yeah uh, now, sometimes people will confuse his quirkiness for being up his own ass but nothing could be further from the truth yeah no so. he wears that mask for a reason it's not because it's it's mostly for social anxiety shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. which he's i at- can understand all too well yeah Yeah. and he also he just hates doing interviews like Mm. it's fairly well known he doesn't like doing them yeah uh but uh yeah okay 
So mm. if you haven't played Nier Automata yet, go and get it. It's, I would recommend getting the complete Yorha edition, because that gets all, that's all the DLC in it as well. Funny you should mention that. Uh, because, uh, if, uh, yeah, if you have Game Pass for your Xbox One, uh, that's coming to Game Pass uh, April 2nd, and it is the complete edition that you're getting. That was quite yep. a segue, Phil. Quite a segue. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon, for that toss. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, do that. Uh, if you haven't played Near Automata, that is probably the perfect opportunity to do it. Part of your Also, just because I know some people are going to ask, uh, you don't necessarily have to have played the first Nier to understand the story of Nier Automata. Um, it does like have some references to it in parts of the lore. Um, specifically, the stuff that you get in Nier is specifically because of the one like quote-unquote joke ending in Drakengard. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like some of the older characters do make appearances here and there. But they're not. It's not es- essential to understand the story. So it's just, Automata is is a very self contained story in its own right. So yeah, yeah you can which just, I gotta admit that that's another feather in Yoko Taro's hat. The fact that he managed to make a game that is that self contained and yet has just enough uh, waves to the first game that it still works. Hmm. That is not easy to do. No, it isn't. Uh, and finally, if that's not enough near for you and you want near on your phone, uh, you're going to get near reincarnation on, uh, iOS and Android, um, very soon, we think. Uh, yeah, we just got the announcement trailer, which doesn't show a whole heck of a lot, but, uh, it, there you go. That, yeah, that's, uh, that's to be expected. Yeah. So, also, uh, Yoko Taro's second iOS game that he's done. Yeah. So. so yeah. And of course, if there's more near that you're wanting, uh, there are actually two books that you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Long Story Short, which is the novelization that Yoko Taro wrote with, uh, fuck, what's the dude's name? Um, and, uh, there's also the other book, which is Short Story Long, which is a short story collection that also includes both stories by Yoko Taro himself as uh, well as some of the uh, other writers in the game. Mm. Uh, June Ishima. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. So let's get on to uh, Random Nintendo Direct, uh, which showed up. They called it Mini, but it wasn't really that Mini. They they have no concept of the word. No. So uh, there's one big one here, May 29th. Apparently, that's when your wallet is going to be uh, die, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you're a fan of a lot of these compilations that 2K is going to be putting out, uh, Bioshock, Borderlands, and XCOM uh, collections are going to be available on that date. Um, I should point out that 2K really doesn't grasp the concept of a physical release. Uh, yeah. Because they're doing this whole thing where they get a really small cartridge and then the rest of the games you, you have to download. Uh, all three of these collections are doing that. So oh, damn it. You, you will, basically, it's, it's pointless to even buy the physical release of these collections at this point. I, I don't get, I don't get why they do that on the Switch. Well, yeah, I, I kind of do, because 2K is a super cheap company, and they don't want to spend money on, uh, the extra storage space that it would require to actually yeah. have it all on one cartridge. Um, 
So, yeah. Also, I'm not really sure that uh, Bioshock or Borderlands is that the Switch is the best platform to play those games on. Uh, Generally, you know... I guess they want to find out. Yeah. Which is Uh, also very much a 2K thing. These are are three sizable collections, so... uh... Yeah. XCOM, I could totally see working on the Switch, though. That's uh, that kind of turn-based strategy is... uh, Well, we saw it with Fire Emblem, so... Mm -hmm. It'll totally work. I mean, Mario and Rabbids was basically XCOM. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I skipped over this uh, to do the collections first. But there's really only like one thing that you prob- that if you're listening to this show, you should care about as far on that date, and that's Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Yes, that's when mm-hmm. that comes out. Yeah, so I played Xenoblade back on the Wii back in the day, um, and even back then, like a lot of people could tell that you know it's like, yeah, this is definitely a game that we finally got after a couple of years because. You know, graphics-wise, I mean, the the actual art direction actually manages to sell the game in spite of it. Yeah. Because the vistas that you encounter are so incredibly well-designed. But once you actually look at them closely, you notice some of the textures are blurry. There's some pop-up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, of course, you know, the actual, like, mouth movements and stuff during talking, it's very Muppety. Yeah. <laughs> But they've actually gone back and they're redoing a lot of that uh, here. So it looks a lot more modern and more uh, up-to-date. And I'm glad because this is an incredible freaking game. Yeah. And I'm glad that more people are going to be able to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, a big reason as to why the game was, or the game's sound was particularly monochrome was because of, like, something that happened in the game, which I I obviously don't want to spoil. But, like, I do want to point out that... um, I've never actually finished any of the Xenoblade games. Um, I gave it like a, a few chances on the Wii, a few chances on the 3DS, which that version sucked anyway. But I don't know. Like the, the battle system just never clicked with me. It seemed too MMO-y. And then I heard they fixed it in the other games, which I unfortunately did not play. But I, I did I did buy because these are kind of the kinds of games that I, I definitely want to see. But I, I do want to point out that like um, the folks at uh, uh, Monolith that, that worked on it, especially with the game design... Um, a lot of Breath of the Wild came from that. So, yeah, as far yep. as the Vista go, you're right. They're amazing. Um, yeah, and they're, like, endlessly explorable, too. Mm. Like, yeah. there's just so much stuff you can look at. It's amazing. Really, it's just one of the, like, it's one of the most fascinating settings uh, in an RPG. Yeah. Um, and you talked about how the sound was kind of monochromy. Um, that's in spite of the fact, because, holy crap, that game has a great soundtrack, too. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's, uh, well, I can't wait to be able to replay this game. Oh, yeah, uh, they're also adding, like, a, like, a, uh, epilogue to the game, too, like, completely new. Yeah. Future Connected, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually supposed to, like, bridge the gap between this game and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd also argue um, that this game sort of, in a way, brought back quality um, JRPGs to the consoles. Yeah, this is generally the game people when people think about like this is the game that actually showed that JRPGs was not a dead genre. Yeah, yeah. That like, they this, were... I think the last release on a console I really like believed and recommended was uh, Dragon Quest Eight, and like that was yep. that, that was for the PS2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, the fact and the fact that um, the original game had only came out in GameStop was a pretty big deal, and then and then the second version came out on 3DS. So I'm pretty sure Nintendo will definitely see success here because they have a new audience, Shulk is a popular Smash character. Yeah, uh, yeah, and there. And uh, when I was watching the trailer, um, Shulk's voice sounded really familiar, so I looked it up, and. What I had picked up on was that I had heard his voice in Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. but I never would have guessed the character that um, that shared his voice actor in fourteen. Mm-hmm. And Brandon, you might um, know this character by now. I'm not sure if you've played that far. Pippin Tarupin? <laughs> yes. It's true. Mm-hmm. Raubon's adopted son. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Same voice as Shulk. <laughs> okay. Yep. So. Oh boy. Um. Hmm. Oh yeah, and I'm expecting to uh, see those old uh, Xenoblade memes coming back. Yeah. You know, now it's Ryan time. Yeah. Although what I a bunch also... of jokers. Yeah. Although I suspect, uh, like, given that they're basically doing, I think they're they're backporting the bat- battle system from Chronicles Two into this. Yeah, I think that was something I read. So, yeah, uh, it's they want it. They want it to be a definitive edition, and that's kind of one yeah. way to go about it. So, this is a game I am absolutely okay with playing all over again. Yeah, because it's just, it's just that good. Yeah. So, all right, but there were some other stuff. Talk to bring the other um, Operation Rainfall games to the Switch. Yeah, so they all deserve it. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like, uh, what was it? The Last Story, uh, the Last Story, Andorra's Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Wii versions, but I really don't want to break out a Wii to play them. <laughs> exactly, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's something we actually got to talk about at some point. Is uh, what Operation Rainfall was hmm. because that's that game is actually like that. That whole thing is actually I also count for helping to restart the JRPG uh, genre here in the West hmm. because it was like that. pulling teeth, though. Yeah, we basically. I kind of... I kind of voted no confidence in it at one point. <laughs> yeah, um, but basically we had to incessantly pester Nintendo before they finally gave in. Yeah, I straight up refused to buy Skyward Sword until they can uh, until all three games got announced. And then Patrick introduced Trails to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, and the world has never been the same since. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there were other things that uh, cropped up. I uh, won't go through every, all of them, but uh, we'll go through the, the highlights, I, I find. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Remake, uh, that's out now. Available uh, now. Yeah. Uh, also coming to PS4, as we found out. So uh, it's going to be uh, in the next couple of months that will be available on PS4 as well. So I'll probably end up picking that up on that platform. Uh, what else we have here? Uh, Clubhouse Games International. Uh, this is kind of a weird uh, compilation of you know just casual stuff kind of games and uh coming in june yeah this summer they didn't specifically say i don't think um but yeah this little you know, chill games which uh if we're still in the midst of covid19 by the time this comes out it probably will be a nice time waster um the new super smash brothers character is going to be from arms for some reason yeah, that one pretty much killed the crowd online. Yeah. Um, there there were some people who were criticizing the criticism, saying, well, 
it's a Nintendo All Stars game, and they put in a Nintendo All Star. And all right, we need we really need to adjust our definition of All Star in that case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arms is um. Uh, well, the, the critical reception for it wasn't too terrible. I mean, people that played it liked it, but pretty yeah, much everybody it also, it also said it sold pretty well. Yeah, um, I'm actually really surprised that if he wasn't part of the original five, and um, the, the other thing, I think the main thing that caused some backlash was the fact that they just announced him. They didn't even really show any footage or any like. Uh, yeah, they just said the next character will be from this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally normally we have a hype trailer. They didn't, they just thought announced it. So yeah. I don't know. Also, I'm pretty sure he's not even the most popular character in that game to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the one of the weird robot thingies from Arms, and we don't know which one or how he's going to play or anything like that. It's just here you go, guys. Um, here's a character from a game nobody wants. Uh, yeah. Basically. So there was that. Uh, then there was the Bravely Default 2 demo, which uh, Danner mentioned he's been playing, so that's mm-hmm. that's available. That game is still scheduled for 2020, although they haven't really you know, made a solid commitment to what date yet. Still 2020. Where... I mean, there was also the disclaimer before the video started saying that all these dates can be affected. And I was like, you didn't even announce a date except for the ones coming out today. Yeah. So. <laughs> that would have been funny. All dates could be effective, including the ones today. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that would be a sign of really not having their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the game that we were supposed to launch today is being launched tomorrow because we'd feel like it. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so that was the... That's about as Nintendo as it would get, though. Yeah. yeah. At, at some point, I just want them to do a Nintendo Direct that trolls everybody. But, well... I generally do. Yeah. So... Uh, so let's get on to uh, our main discussion topic of the week, I suppose. Uh, so if this whole uh, quarant- well, quarantine isn't really such a great word because none of us suspect yeah, that we're sick. Uh, yeah. More isolation gaming, I guess, yeah. would be a better term for it. Uh, yeah. So during this whole time, and if it continues to go longer, uh, what games do you guys think you're going to be going to? Uh I'm going to have a hard Final Fantasy XIV relapse. I can already feel it coming on. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But I've also got a, um, a an absolutely massive backlog of games that I've intentionally built up just for such an occasion. And, yeah, I, I, I expect I'll be putting at least some of it to use. Yeah. So just lots of RPGs, more... I intentionally bought more JRPGs at any given time that I could even hope to um, hope to get through at the time, and that was by design. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've all got a pretty nice backlog of stuff that we've uh, accumulated at this point. Uh, yeah. Now it's just a matter of – now we have the task of backlog pruning uh, and prioritizing to go through. It's like – Okay, well, I know that I have the opportunity to play a bunch of this stuff. What am I going to play? Yeah. Uh, um, the trick is going to be to not spend so much time working that out that it cuts into your time you could have been playing it. Right. Yeah. Um, I know for me, uh, so right now, I'd like I said, I'm going to be starting up Vampire tonight. Um, and that's 
probably going to hold me over until Friday of next week. Because, well, not Friday of next week, but Friday of the week after. Uh, because that's when Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out. Yeah. And I played the demo. And Reb also played the demo. Yeah, um, I'm also not going into filters anymore, so I'm going to go back on that review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? I'm not going into Philippines anymore, so I can totally hop on back on that review. As soon okay. As I <laughs> well, I'm still getting it anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's probably going to hold me down uh, at least until later May, yeah. um, because that game is supposed to be massive. Hmm. Um, and hey, I'm psyched for it. Yeah, a lot you of know, people are. Pat may be wanting. Maybe you know being a sour, being an old sourpuss over there, but I'm no, still going to play. Know, I just know what I like. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And what you like is bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, I believe I'm you just joking. Out of the trails games too. Yes. <laughs> this is. I'm true. just joking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's probably going to tide me over. If I do anything like on the side, it's probably going to be something like. Uh, uh, maybe the Resident Evil 3 remake, because hmm. that comes out uh, next week, actually. Yeah. Actually, this week, on the 3rd. Yep. Yeah. And uh, people are going to be playing the crap out of that game, too. Capcom is finally getting into a good rhythm with these. Yeah, yeah and uh, that's probably going to hold me over until uh, late May, because late May, on the 29th, that's when The Last of Us Part 2 comes out. Yeah. And I have been anticipating that game for a long-ass time. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I freaking loved the original The Last of Us. Like, it was probably the first example I ever encountered of an actual, like, holistic game. Mm -hmm. Where, like, every part of it manages to reinforce its main theme. Um, so I can't wait to play that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's probably going to fuck you up mentally, I, I suspect, when you play that game. Because she has gone through some shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah when the original game first came out, like that was totally a flash in the pan for me. Um, it was it was to the point where I was definitely thinking about it like whenever I slept and things like that. And then there was a point in the game where... Uh, should I go ahead and spoil it? Yeah, go, I'll yeah go ahead the game's old as hell. No, you can go ahead and spoil it. Okay. You know when Ellie is all alone and she has, she has to like help Joel out, and then she yeah. murders that guy with the knife. Yeah, yeah I, like after that, I have to I have to like not play it for a while because like that scene was, was a little too much for me. Oh yeah. Um, and then when I when I'm watching all these trailers for part two, I'm like, oh my god, they do a whole lot more, and so then it's a whole lot worse. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take like a couple breaks and I play that game. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Also, uh, I'm uh, somebody's like, where is she in that trailer? I'm pretty sure at like that that big famous one that they put in E3 mm -hmm. at the uh, dance, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure they're somewhere around the Mississippi Delta in that one. Uh, mostly just because of the Asian dude there, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, that game is going to mess with a lot of people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> I 100% expect that. Yeah. Um, so what about you, Dan? Ryan? You got any of your uh, planning on playing? Yeah. Brandon talked a lot about, you know, playing things to tide him over until the next few releases. 
for me, like I'm just going into the whole situation assuming that everything will be delayed. Uh, I think you'll see delays with the, with, with the PS5 and Xbox One Series X. I mean, like we we really don't know where you think the, they slip to next year. It's a possibility. I mean, you know, if if, if we're going to talk about production, you know, a big part of that is China. Yeah. While China's gotten considerably better, it's not. It's they're still not. You know where they should be. Um, America is now like the worst as far as uh, getting the 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 pandemic down. So yeah, we actually top China for number of infections. <laughs> so that being said, uh, like Patrick said earlier, you know he has a heck of a backlog he wants to work on. And I've been working on mine for the same reasons. Uh, not to mention, you know, there are some games that I've bought for like you know game of the year consideration that I just didn't give enough time to. Uh, so, you know, going back to last year, for example, there's, um, there's Red Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not give that game a fair shake. The reason why I stopped playing that game was because after the first two missions, I was tired of being in the snow and not being able to run, and Arthur can't run in the snow. So I was like, fuck, okay, I think, I think I'm done for a while with this one. Um, there's also Shenmue 3 that I want to get to after I beat Shenmue 2, but that hasn't happened yet because I got to a point where I missed a trophy and I don't want to go back to get it. And, uh, OCD. Mm-hmm. So, um... Uh, yeah, there's there's that. And then there's a whole bunch of RPGs, uh, particularly on the 3DS that I want to play, um, which are really all of the Dragon Quest remix, and mm. those will take hours and hours of my time. And uh, the main reason why I got a PC was, um, uh, what's it called, Trails in the Sky the Third. I've never actually finished that one either, although I did, I did get pretty deep in it. And I also downloaded um, the... Uh, the the fan made uh, English patches for the um, crossbow games that I want to get to. Yep. But I'm also pretty hopeful that they might bring those to the West because they are working on semi versions. Yep. So I mean I don't know if it'll be X Seed or Nisa, but Nisa hasn't actually done the series bad. In fact, they just released it on Switch like a few days ago. So yeah, they Let's seem see. to be um, giving the overall body of work due reverence hmm. totally and like you know people talk bad about what they did to east 8 i mean i didn't find it all that bad and then when i played the improved versions i was like yeah um, this is this is totally fine they did right by so, it in the end yeah i'm hoping that yeah the fact that they actually went back and did it even though they didn't really have to in my opinion and then there's east 9 which hasn't been announced in for america yet so there's a lot of stuff to look forward to yeah so there's that. As far as me, well, I got backlog stuff galore. Uh, you know, I, I haven't played Wonder Boy yet, uh, the, the Dragon's oh. Trap, so I intend to get and get on that and play that. Uh, I haven't played Chasm, and I want to play that, so probably do, be doing that. Uh, of course, I'm still gonna. I'm never gonna stop playing PC Building Simulator as long as they keep releasing updates. I'm gonna keep on playing that game. <laughs> so yeah, there's, so there's gonna be that. Uh, what else? I mean, uh, also probably a good bit of retro gaming too. And there's a lot of stuff that I just like to go back to. Like, uh, I wouldn't mind replaying Chrono Trigger again. Uh, just have yeah. to figure out which version I should actually play. Uh, PC modded. Trust yeah, me, the the PC modded version. Yeah, yeah, I do want to get into that and. For some reason, I, I, I'm really planning to just go through Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. I mean, the first one is definitely good, so... Yeah, 
the second Worth one it. once once you actually like the the GOG version and then you add the uh, the the fan patches to it uh, actually <laughs> makes it a lot better. So mm-hmm. uh, get through both of those. I mean, it's old Obsidian, and it should be pretty damn good. So and enjoy that. But yeah, we don't really have a shortage of stuff to play. That's the, that's the great thing is like yep. uh, because of digital stores. We're and, ready. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. this could I go. I think for the main thing is like you know once you actually decide what to play and you'll have FOMO thinking about something else and then you get you get nowhere. So <laughs> yeah, it's like there's there's got to be a little bit of discipline going on to to get through a game nowadays. It's like totally. Yeah, it's like sit down. Okay, I'm pl- I am playing this now. It doesn't matter if I have 400 more games in my library. Uh, th- the time right now is for this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't have that discipline anymore. They just jump from game to game to game, and I'm—I know I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I think we all are. I'm not point. as guilty of it as I used to be, but it's still there for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, my brother was playing three RPGs at one time, and I was like, "How do you understand what you're doing? It doesn't make any sense." <laughs> the same way I play—I usually read three books at the same time. Yeah. To me, it's just well, like flipping I, channels. I know I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me one RPG at a time. I cannot manage more than one. Uh, it's because it, it's not so, not so much keeping the story straight, but it's um, switching me- from mechanic to mechanic that throws me off all the time. So. But there's also got to be that component of um, what the hell was I doing? Yes, <laughs> that too. Yeah, here's the worst part. They were they were two Tales games and a Star Ocean game. Oh dear, <laughs> same fucking thing. <laughs> Mm, so, yeah. uh, so I guess uh, I guess we're gonna wrap it up there, guys. I mean, that's yeah. uh, for for a show that's uh, been brought on by COVID nineteen. We didn't really talk a whole lot about COVID nineteen, which I guess is. Uh, that's, I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, yeah, it's progress. Yeah, progress. So, all right. Well, we got all the COVID nineteen out of us on Let's Weekend. So. Yeah, with the, the dump truck. Okay. Yeah, which I suspect yeah. we're gonna have more of this weekend. So, yeah. Sadly. So. All right, folks. So if you uh, haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so at uh, anchor.fm slash daysaroupdate. Uh, just go over there and uh, hit the button and get the uh, show delivered directly to your device of choice. And so, yeah, enjoy. Uh, you can also check out smashpad.com where we've got uh, quite a few written reviews uh, posted in the last few days. So uh, check that out. Uh, so uh, for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, and Dan Victorio, I have been Filippo Donolfo, and we'll see you next week.